say there's one gender. Tell me there's only female. Men don't exist. Tell them I'm a miss. I still will not consider that hate speech. That is crazy. Hey there. Welcome to Cancel This. I'm your host, Angelo Sodoro. And on this show, I get to speak to interesting people with dangerous ideas. Um, this week, I'm talking to a really funny guy. His name is Pantelis. He's a Canada-based comedian. He's a writer on Louder with Crowder, and he has his own podcast called The Pantelis Podcast. He's also appeared on Joe Rogan, Anthony Cumia, and many other programs. We're going to talk about cancel culture, being a comedian during COVID, and political correctness. His take on this issue is really interesting, especially as a comic. Uh, I hope you enjoy the conversation. Have a listen. So, thank you very much, Pantelis, for being on Cancel This. I really, really appreciate it, especially as a comedian. It's great to have you. Thank you for having me. Is this going to lead to me getting canceled? It might, uh, but you're a comedian and you're offensive, so and welcome. that's going to happen anyways. And it's, I think it's a badge of honor at this point. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not like you're allowed to do comedy clubs right now, anyways. The world's over. So yeah, it's uh, all on the now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. You know, I feel like comedians are in an interesting place right now in the world. We keep talking about essential workers, frontline workers, doctors, etc. But the world has been really weird for comedians probably in the past 10 years, but especially in the past year. Um, so I, I want to start with that. I want to talk to you about, you know, what is it like being a comedian during COVID? Well, I, I, you brought the you brought up the frontline workers. I don't <laughs> I don't think that's the comparison. Um, I mean, obviously, we're going through way more than they are. So the the real thing is, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, people tell me, you know, why do comedians complain right now? Like, has it gotten that bad? Look, COVID changed everything in the sense that we can't be at the clubs. That's one thing that we can't change. Everyone is, is adapting. Like I said, we live online now. It's mostly podcasts. Some people are doing virtual shows, outdoor shows. That's one thing. It's the the cancel culture aspect, which is, you know, not related to COVID, that really changed things for everyone because the second people started second guessing their own jokes that they're working on, that's when the game kind of changed. When the, the goal stopped being, all right, let me get to a funny place. When the goal was, let me get to a safe place. That's what they're referring to as the death of comedy. Most of us don't adhere to that anyway, though. Like the people that gave up and just went safe for the most part, weren't funny people to begin with. They were just people that were going through the motions. So I don't think this whole death of comedy, I don't think it's real. I think COVID affected everyone. Um, we're just seeing the aftermath. And, you know, comedians, unlike restaurant owners, we're online. We have Twitter. We have podcasts. So so we can bitch about it online. But yeah. A restaurant owner can't bitch about it. And people won't throw money at, at the restaurant owner online while he bitches about it. Exactly. Know. Yeah. Exactly. So it just looks like we're, but we're really, we're really not. The, the only thing that sucks is the fact that there's comedians that only live off live shows. And they took a real big hit. It's difficult to live right now for them. See, that's fascinating so, to me because you're talking about how comedians, you know, obviously COVID ruined shit for everyone, but comedians did go online. You did get creative in other ways. And, you know, I'm sure comedians are going to find some layer of humor somewhere in the pandemic just on a creative level. But you're saying that basically yeah. the cancel culture aspect of like what we're talking about is is almost... I don't want to say deadlier to comedy, 
but like it, it's it's more it affects comedy directly because you're second guessing your your own comedy. So I mean, let's talk about cancel culture. Yes. Do you as a comedian so, feel yeah? I was just going to compare it to exactly what you just said. So let's just say for you know for conversation's sake, let's say the pandemic. All right, it stopped us from going out, but we're still going to write about what we want. We might even have darker jokes or just come up with something related to the masks to anything that's happening in culture right now. So it doesn't hinder the progress of a comedian. Whereas cancel culture, most comedians, the funniest stuff that you hear about, like we work on jokes, but the meat of the joke is normally instant. It's just something that triggers it in our brain. And we take the route that we find the funniest, which sometimes can be offensive. I understand, you know, it, it's not for everyone. Everyone has their own taste in comedy, but it's just the instinct. You're going with your instinct. You're a funny person and instinctually you find the funniest uh, spot to take that joke in. Now, the second you hesitate because of what the other person might think, then you're not taking that route anymore. So right now, why I think it'll hurt it is I, I know that there's some young comics. I've seen open micers here who would ask me questions like, am I allowed to say that? Do you think I should go with this joke? And they'll tell me a joke that's actually really smart. I'll be like, that's a great joke. Don't worry about the punchline not hitting with everyone because that's not um, aggressively offensive joke, right? Any, anyone can find something offensive. But there's a big difference between you going on stage and dropping N-bombs just to piss people off and a joke with nuance about race, right? There's, it's two different things. And the fact that they're all categorized the same, whereas if there's any innuendo, if, you talk, if you're a man and you talk about women, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that, then we're not talking comedy anymore. We're just trying to appease people who aren't going to pay to watch you anyway. You're trying to make people happy that have no actual bearing on your career, which is another thing I find crazy. Yeah, I've noticed... You, you make people... Yeah, I was just going to say, I've noticed this pattern with, with some of the, the late night hosts and, and other comedians that are on the PC side of things. And I, this has been said a million times before, but it's so true. They're not acting, they're not, they're not doing a set for laughs or doing a set for applauses, right? Where it's yeah. like the audience just claps. I'm agreeing with what you're saying. It's not that they're laughing. Laughing's involuntary, but it seems like there's, there's always this social justice layer in in some of these more mainstream comedians and I, you know i've noticed like man the funniest people i know the funniest comedians i know are the comedians that you know as you mentioned earlier are canceled or or considered offensive or or not okay for you know the mainstream but what does that mean for society when you know maybe it's just me maybe i just like offensive comedy but for someone I, like you i don't think it's i don't think it's just you because there's millions of people out there right that like that enjoy Chappelle. uh you know i have you know my fan base that they'll they'll go crazy for anything i do and they'll support and um you know louis ck for example after that whole thing happened he still had his hardcore fans because they liked the comedy right it was just something that rang true with them so i don't think it, it's i think I, I don't think it's something special to like offensive comedy i think the word offensive is what we're misusing because i can't tell what's going to be offensive to you Right. So I can say something that works for the first 10 people I do it in front of. And I'm like, this is a great joke. Everybody's going to love this. And then I do it in front of you and you'll be like, oh, no, no, no. My father died because of X, Y reason. You can't make fun of that. So I can't really play with that. If I if I keep thinking about that, it's going to destroy my comedy. But you, you know, what my theory is I have and I think it has to do a lot has to do with social media because we're all seeking some type of validation in the things we do, right? So if you put up a good article on the website, for example, the validation you're searching for is, let's say the retweets, the amount of engagement, if people really liked it and they felt to you, that's the validation. 
So comics, what I thought was comedy, or at least what I feel, is the validation I'm always looking for is the laughter. The second someone is laughing happy, I feel, okay, I did my job, I'm happy, I feel proud of myself. There's a new wave of people who their validation is only the applause, the thumbs up. I agree with you. It doesn't You don't have to say anything funny. You can go up and say something, for example, like, Nazis are terrible, which unless you're a Nazi, you're going to agree with that. So, of course, we'll agree, but that is not a well-crafted joke that you're playing with someone and you're surprising them with a punchline and then the payoff is so good because you just get, you know, got laughter off a stranger and you guys had this moment. They don't look for that. They look for the validation in agreement. And that, I think, is what's harmful to comedy is when we let those people in where they're not doing comedy. Why do you, I mean, it's a simplistic way of putting it, but why do you think those people have been let in? Why, you know, if laughter is involuntary and what is considered yeah. offensive comedy is, you know, obviously better comedy, when did we cross this invisible line where, no, we're going to have this sort of quote-unquote comedy now that is di open to diversity and doesn't attack any groups and, and is for the applause? I mean, when did when did that when did we cross that um, line? So it, the reason why that's tricky is because comedy in general is very accepting. So we're, as a comic, I know this, we don't think, when we see someone, and let's say there's a new open micro comes in, you're excited to see someone doing comedy. And then even if they're not doing well, as long as they're not a bad person, you want them around. You want to help if you can, you know, they'll, they'll bounce jokes off you. So it's very inclusive. And then what I guess what ended up happening is that there was a, a group of people who were trying to do comedy for the last, let's say, decade, and they just weren't hitting because they weren't funny or something wasn't working for them. And when they got the chance to be like, wait a second, I could bury my successful coworkers and then maybe I'll take that spot because I've noticed a lot. I've noticed when successful comedians get attacked by a, a media outlet, I see a lot of unsuccessful comedians attacking them on Twitter. And it's shocking to me because like, no, they, they were doing the same thing you're doing. They were trying to make a joke. It ended up being offensive to X, Y, Z group, but you know that wasn't the intention. Like, you know the comic, right? You, 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 there's certain people that, we're not talking about comics that had scandals of, let's say, rape or things like that. That's a whole different story. I'm just talking about comedy. If in comedy you're going up with the same goal as I am, which is to make them laugh, you have to know that sometimes the road you're taking them down is not going to be a road they agree with or that everyone agrees with, rather. So... It looks like a lot of people were in it. We had a lot of different comedians. There's been you know, alt comedy and different types of comedy throughout the last decade. And then there was this switch when some of the better comedians were getting attacked for their jokes. Maybe the nuance wasn't there. There was something missing. And I noticed this barrage of sometimes younger comics, sometimes older, but that just had never made it. They were ready to attack as if they thought they would take the spot, take the spot. which is not how it works. Yeah. It, it can never work that way. Like you, for example, you have the comedy that you like. You have a certain taste. If your 10 favorite comedians all die tomorrow, you are not going to start liking, I don't know, Hannah Gatsby or any other unfunny person you could think of. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I think you mentioned Louis C.K. He had, I think, a special recently where he came back after the whole debacle. And it's like, to me, that's Louis C.K. Like, it's not, I've always liked his stuff. It hasn't changed. Um, so there are people who you like. There's Carlin. There's people who have been dead for decades that no one can replace. So it's interesting yeah. that there is a sort of a viciousness, I guess, that you describe where comedy is inherently supposed to be a very inclusive community. And I've noticed it is with my comedian friends. It is. It they're is. like, the, they're the nicest people, like, ever. On stage, they might have an act, but they tend to be, you know, very self-aware, um, which seems to be lacking now, and just open. So 
when it comes to people getting offended in the crowd, like, you know, you mentioned social media before, and this is what I think might play a role, is the fact that, you know, there, there's, there's a hyperbole to how things are given off on the internet where you might have a crowd of a thousand people and one, you know, 30-year-old Karen might get offended and write a blog and the blog gets spread everywhere and she sends a hundred emails and does so-and-so. I mean, I know one comedian, I'll, I'll plug his name, Mark Hughes, who's, you know, very offensive and abrasive. He had a show canceled, a venue canceled his show because one person emailed and complained about it. So yeah, that's unacceptable. It, it, it's just it, it makes you wonder. Like, I mean, it's the heckler's veto, right? You, if, if your comedy's basically over if anyone finds anything offensive. But I guess, like, I wanted to ask you, like, what does it mean to be offended to you? Like, I'll give you an example, right? So you and I are both Greek. We talked about this earlier. Yeah. If I have people all the time. Anytime I, I fuck up with money, they immediately say, oh, well, you know, you're Greek, you, you're terrible with money, um, you know, you don't know how to run an economy, you're Turkish, and this, like, people poke fun all the time. It's never bothered yeah. me. And I've, it's ball I, busting. It's ball busting. Exactly. I, I've never understood. Do you think that some people are so dedicated to their identities that they feel you know, insecure about things. I mean, I'm sure people have busted your balls about similar things. Like it's just, isn't and they that... do all the time. And, and sometimes people rip me with things that I find hilarious. Cause I didn't even think about it. I'm like, Oh, that's a goddamn, that's a good one. But I know where it's coming from. It, someone could tell me something way less abrasive with hate. And I'll get offended with that. Cause there's a reason why they're saying it to you. You know what I mean? Uh, but in general people, I've been with comedians on stage where they'll go up right after me, friends of mine and then they'll rip on Greeks a bit, rip on me just because I was just on to mess around. And I'll be the guy laughing the hardest because they're good jokes and we'll have a good time. I don't think it's uh, people that are attached to their identity. I think it's, uh, again, it goes back to the validation thing. People want the likes. They want the, cl the clicks. And we've done it inadvertently. No one did this on purpose, but it seems like victim culture has become a real thing. And people, they want the attention and they're willing to get the attention even if it means that they're the victim in their own story. So they would rather post, poor me, look at what happened to me, feel bad for me, like engage, instead of look at this good thing I did, right? They would rather like, well, it's validation either way, and they take that. It's something I could never see myself doing, to put up a post so people could feel sorry for me. It drives me crazy. Now, there are times, and, and again, this is specific to comedy and being offended. It's not like someone posts, I got a beating backstage. That's a different story. I'm just saying when it's something so um, hard to gauge, like an offensive joke to who it was, when I see posts like that of, I saw a comedian tonight and he joked about X, Y, Z thing, it, j it makes me cringe. Like, really, this is, you should have forgot about the joke when you left. He doesn't know. Like, I've said jokes that people find me after and they're like, hey, you know, I have a wife or I have this, you know, this, it bothered me for X, Y reason. I'm not mad at them, but they also understand. I let them know that I, I don't know you. I did not know you were going to be here. I didn't do that joke for you, right? This joke comes from this place. I try to explain where it came from. And this is why it was said. This has nothing to do with you. I didn't even know you were here. Have, we don't know each other. Have you had a lot of experiences like yeah. that where people have come up to you and said, look, Pendelis, this is, you, you know, you joked about someone getting crushed by a piano and my husband was crushed by a piano. So, 
You're evil. I, they've come to me for for uh, there's been a few jokes that revolved around race. One about politics uh, that people have. I like to think that I'm approachable. Like after the show when I stick around, so people will talk. Uh, one guy once was an asshole because he wasn't talking. He was just telling me you sh- you must get a lot of death threats. He was just being a dick. But in general, people will ask me, hey, you know this, and why'd you say? This? And I'll talk to them. I have no because I know that if they're coming to speak to me, they're also not coming from a bad place. They're trying to test the water, see did you mean this? Was that an act? And when they realize we joke for comedic effect, right? We say certain things because we know that that's where the funny is. You know, like sometimes where the funny lives is in a very weird spot. Like I have a joke I have about women getting stoned in Saudi Arabia, which if you would see me perform it live and you realize what I'm doing, it's hilarious. If you see that joke transcribed, it's criminal. (laughs) But it's just that's part of where we live in comedy, you know? So it's just one of those things. Either you 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 get what we're doing, or you don't. You you don't go up to actors. No no one's chasing Kevin Bacon and like, why are you a child molester? Because he played one in a movie. It, it would be psychotic. But they do it with us. They hold us to a different standard. Yeah, it's almost because like you use your name on stage, so, so yeah. you're not. Again, it's like it goes back to the applause thing, where I think that some people conflate a comedy set with a political stump speech. It's like you are you are doing an act when you are being hyperbolic about, you know, women getting stoned in Saudi Arabia. You're actually trying to make a point about how terrible that is in a way exactly. that is creative. So th- this is the thing is that in many ways, comedy is very it's it's democratic. It's it's liberal. It's 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 a good thing for society because you are you know, the court jester that is allowed to criticize the, the king that you're otherwise not allowed to do. And I think people hear that. And I've seen so many articles where they do what, what you talk about, where they transcribe the joke and it looks horrible on paper. But it's like, don't you understand what they're doing? They're not, you know, Louis C.K., Bill Burr is not saying that, you know, it's not his opinion in reality that he hates women or something. Right. Or maybe it is. Yeah, exactly. But like, you know, uh, I, I don't understand. Again, like, is that a journalistic thing? Do we, have we started having journalists, you think, who, who have gotten into that, you know, mode? Of oh, being? I've seen that. You think so? I've seen that 100 percent, especially here in Canada. I've seen the CBC put up articles about dumb stuff. Uh, and it's just absurd to me because you're, you're a journalist. What are you writing about right now? And I've even, like, w- one of my best friends is a comedian. I do a podcast with Mike Ward. Mm-hmm. He's going to court. Yeah. So Mike's going to court. He's going to Supreme Court for a joke that he said. Now, what I noticed is about four or five months ago, basically they had announced, or maybe it was longer than that, that he's going to go to the Supreme Court. And CTV picked it up. And I saw here a reporter who had talked about it locally, and he put up an article he, despite the fact that he's supposed to be bilingual, misquoted the joke and the context and made it seem like Mike was trying to murder the child. Now, there's videos of this joke. He could have used the video for reference. He could have done a million and one things. Instead, they misquoted the joke to make it look worse and not a joke type of situation. Instead of just doing what a journalist is supposed to do, which is report the truth and let us decide. So I saw that, and this is a guy I know, this is a joke that I've seen, this is a joke that's available. And I saw the media, the media, journalists here, not care about the facts, only care about, oh, this is going to be amazing. Uh, we're gonna, this is going to be the headline, we're going to send it, everyone's going to talk about it. Comedian wants to kill kid, and he's, you know, his joke uh, resulted in the kid's feelings being hurt and me being fun of. All things that were untrue and have been proven 
to be untrue. But they still went with it just because it would get clicks. So when I see things like that, I know that journalists, real journalists, seldom exist now. There's few of them. Yeah, and I think, I mean, especially with the CBC, I could go all day there. But with the story you're talking about, that's that's Mike Ward, who, you know, I won't say yeah. the joke to give it away, but I guess he made a joke about a little kid and it was taken out of context. And oh, if, I mean, if you tell an American, like I've, I've described this story to my American friends and it's like, what? A comedian is going to the Supreme Court over a joke? Like where are, in terms of first world problems, man, this is like a whole other level of insane. And yeah. you know, these issues are happening across Canada. So like, I mean, and I know he got penalized or he might get penalized financially. Um, well, he was willing. So what people don't understand about him is that he could have let this get be done for, I think, about $20,000 or something. He It's just because he's in a position where he had money and he had the support of comics. And he said, look, I could pay to let this go away, but then it sets precedence. And I just screwed up any young up-and-coming comic. I'm going to bankrupt them, you know? So since I have the resources and the support, I'd rather fight it, take my chance and fight it. So no one has to go through this in Canada. So another thing about him with this whole situation is he could—he didn't need this headache. People were sending him death threats. It was hell for a couple of years. So he could have just taken an easy way out, but he said, no, I'm going to fight this on principle. And he's still fighting. He's going to go to the Supreme Court. And I can't see the Supreme Court siding with, well, the kid. The guy's an adult now. We keep saying kid. It's another misconception. But because if you, uh, where is the line drawn of you being offended? Plus, it was his mother who started this whole thing and wanted money as well, like she was offended. So now, is it someone you know? Is it your relative? If I joke about you on stage, can your father sue me? Or can your brother sue me? Can wh Where's the line now? And also, this was a famous kid. This wasn't a stranger. This was a famous kid who, was, uh, who sang for the Pope and who didn't see the joke in high school, who was told about it years later by a journalist trying to capture a gotcha moment of uh, aren't you offended so he didn't go through anything in high school of bullying or whatever they came up with later they, it, people in his school were asked about this and it's not true the kid was actually a popular kid because he was singing so all of this was just built up years later just to make a scene yeah the precedent is is quite frightening and that's why i hope he wins in the supreme court because that'll set a really good precedent but if he doesn't that means again if i decide to go to yuck yucks for a comedy show whenever we're allowed to do that again and you know, Joe Schmo gets on stage and says Greeks are poor and, and in debt uh, and terrible with money. <laughs> I can act traumatized at, at, you know, and have, you know, flashbacks to, to me on uh, on an island Very somewhere. Refreshing. Yeah. And, and say, you know, I need money now um, because, you know. Oh, we're going class action, baby. Yeah, we're doing this together. <laughs> exactly. And if that's the case, we just can't do anything ever. I can just do the same thing, right? I mean... It, this is why, again, with my American friends, I tell them, like, the First Amendment is such a delicate thing, and we don't have that in Canada. The Canadian Constitution and the Charter is so broad and vague that you don't yeah. know what you can apply to. It needs to be tested. And in Mike's situation, I guess it is. Oh, it's being tested. Well, you know what's being tested with Mike? I think it, the what's being tested is the limits to which we're going to allow people to go, because... In terms of hate speech, it's definitely not hate speech, even though they're trying to make it seem like hate. But even that's broad, because I don't even understand exactly what hate speech is, because people have been saying that word, hate speech, and then they'll use it for somebody claiming that the Holocaust is fake, but then they'll say the same. Th it's the same thing when you make a joke about Greeks. Yeah. How is that on the same level? 
Yeah. It's way too subjective. I think people are mostly uneducated on it. I mean, we, we actually, um, I have a case going to the Supreme Court as well related to free speech. And I work with, with these lawyers who are constitutional lawyers. And I ask them, like, what is the actual legal definition of hate speech? The way they describe it is basically, you know, illegal speech in Canada is if you yell fire or bomb in a theater, which I think we can all have a gentleman's agreement to not do. And Green, inciting yeah. a genocide. So saying if someone gets up on stage and says we should round up all the Greeks and murder them, um, that would be an incitement to a genocide. And you can't say that. Beyond that, yeah. if someone, you know, they, they say saying there's only two genders is hate speech. It's like that's, that's, absurd. that's a, like a big jump from let's murder all these people to I believe there's two genders. Like we're we're going into unknown territory there. And the you could even say there's one gender. Tell me there's only female. Men don't exist. Tell them I'm a myth. I still will not consider that hate speech. That is crazy. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I want to ask you, like, as a comedian, I know you put a lot of your content online and that, that's what comedians do now. Are you worried at all? Like, like, is any part of you worried that you might end up in a situation where you offend the wrong person and they just come after you legally and you end up in a big, you know, Mike Ward style situation. Yeah. Especially considering I don't have the resources Mike does. Uh, I've thought about it. I haven't, it hasn't scared me, but I have thought, Hey, what would happen? Imagine if somebody would come after me. I mean, I haven't, I haven't attacked anyone personally. So again, if it's, if somebody comes after me, it would have to be a big name, you know? So that would be fun. But I have noticed people, try to find something I did and get offended. Actually, what's crazy, we we're talking about comedians. And I'll give you an example. Uh, a few months ago, um, um, a fan of ours in New York who does fan art for our um, one of our podcasts, he's always putting stuff up. He had put a photo of us as a, as a cartoon a SWAT team and we were all with our arms up. Anyways, he posted it. We retweeted it. We have an episode. Today's live. Forgot about it. Then I started getting tweeted from a comedian that we know, a woman that we knew, started saying that, you know, we're, uh, we're anti-black, we're for police brutality because a fan made a photo of us as a SWAT team and we retweeted it. So she read and she was convinced that because he made that photo and we retweeted that we're for police brutality and we, we want black people to get beat up. The craziest leap I've ever seen anyone make, and this was a comedian in quotes, you know, she's a, yeah. I guess, open micer at this point, but still, it was just so shocking to me to see this and I was like, my God, that is clearly a leap. You're just making a leap, you know, assuming that we want to beat up. And the crazy thing was that we're for police brutality. What kind of a comedian is for police brutality? We want to be allowed to say things. We want it to be more open. We want less police beatings. Yeah. So I saw that from a comic and it was a few months ago and it was just one of those things that stuck with me uh, and it made me realize that if somebody wants to go after you or to find a reason to be offended, they're going to find a reason whether it makes sense or it doesn't. So now I've kind of made peace with it. Now I'm like, all right, so I'll get like a weird tweet from someone. And it won't bother me anymore ever since then because I'm like, well, that's not the craziest thing I've seen. You know, it'll it'll blow over. Yeah. Well, you Man. get uh, you get desensitized to it. Like my background, I, I've done a lot of like free speech activism, and I've been called like a Nazi by by you know far left Antifa types. And it's just at first you're so shocked by it, but then I just I just turn around and be like, man, like look at me. Do I look like Hitler's wet dream? Like. Serious. But it's also Greek, right? They knew our hatred for the Nazis and how we fought them like we were wild animals. 
to get them out. Of, you know, but some people, they just don't know. They, they're just spewing nonsense. They, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, there's no logic applied to it at all. Like what, like the story you just mentioned, if if you think about it for two minutes, you're pro-police brutality. That goes back to this thing of like, you know, Nazis are bad, water is wet, and everyone, like, yeah. like, like no shit, you know. Also, the links are crazy. Her, her, her logic was he made a cartoon of you uh, in a SWAT team police people have beaten up or shot people for no reason therefore you like this which would be the exact same thing as saying you know you're drinking water huh you know hitler liked water too buddy it's the same kind of line that she's drawing it, it, these are the, the ramblings of low iq people though these are these are imbecilic incoherent thoughts right so then what i'll i'll leave it here with this question maybe it could be a light note unless it's a depressing answer uh, what is what is the future of comedy? Where do you see comedy going in the next five years? In a, this is going to sound weird too. In a way, privatized, and by that I mean with the patrons of the world and these subscription services, I see that happening more and following your favorite comic to clubs when they come to your city. But really, with YouTube shutting down channels that don't deserve to get shut down and then leaving channels open, I've seen comics get kicked off YouTube and Twitter for jokes. But I had an argument with YouTube a while back because they refused to take down a channel of a kid who was torturing animals on YouTube. So my fans jumped in, uh, other podcasts jumped in. It, it, he was on for like two years. They were running ads on his videos. Unstoppable. You make a wrong joke or you talk about uh, you know something that they don't want you to talk about, they'll take down your channel. So I don't know where the line is. So for me, what I think is going to happen is a lot of comics are going to jump on these subscription services. There's you know there's Compound Media, there's Gas Digital, uh, Crowder's got the Mug Club. Like everyone is doing their own thing, so that the eventuality will be if you really want your to support your people, you have to go in that private route and have a because I don't see it being open for a while until the pendulum swings again. People will get fed up. It might be the next generation, but someone's going to get fed up when they see the the speech that has been quelled and they're like, really. I thought it was going to be something crazy. I thought you were going to be uh, asking for genocide and this and that, but people got mad because you make it, made a joke about tampons? Like, well, what? So I think that's what's going to happen is another generation is going to come in, see it, and just break it apart. But for right now, we're in that tense uh, time where everyone looks to be offended, and you're, everyone's going to get letters. Why are you letting this comic perform at your club? Why is his video on YouTube? Et cetera, and then people panic. So then if, uh, if you haven't been canceled yet... Uh, where yeah. can people watch your content now? Well, if they head over to pantelliscomedy.com, there's links to everything. So you got Two Drink Minimum that I do with Mike Ward. That's live every Monday night, and the podcast is everywhere every Wednesday. Uh, probably one of the best things I do. It's one of the funniest podcasts out there right now. Uh, definitely one of the better ones in Canada. I'll tell you that much. And then I have my Pantelis podcast. I got uh, live streams every Sunday, movie nights with fans. We do all kinds of stuff. So pantelliscomedy.com, and there's all kinds of links. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. Yeah. It was uh, it was awesome having you on. Thank you guys for having me. And that was Pantelis, the comedian. Go to PantelisComedy.com to support him. He has his own podcast there. He's also on Two Drink Minimum podcast with Mike Ward. Please support that as well. These comedians need our help right now. Uh, during the COVID pandemic, they can't really do shows. Everything is online. Normally, I would direct you to buy tickets, but that doesn't exist, so... Your support and uh, contribution, even if it's just subscribing, um, really helps them a lot. And speaking of subscribing, if you're watching this on YouTube, please consider subscribing to the channel. Please like, please comment, please give me feedback. Um, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcast, 
uh, please follow the channel and um, please let me know who you want to see next. This is a weekly show happening every Monday. And until next time, thank you so much.